You're listening to the Web4 Marketing Podcast, where business owners, digital marketers, and creatives collide. Let's welcome Jason Wright of Web4 to Clark College today. Uh, thank you, Bruce, for the invite. Um, excited to be here and uh, excited to walk through my presentation. Um, I have fond memories of coming to Clark College. I graduated in 2007 and in 2008. Uh, my my career trajectory has been uh, wild and, and fun and educational. There's some of that we'll go through today. Uh, the title of my presentation is Tips, Tricks, Tactics, and Technology in the Digital Marketing World. Or, if you want to remember it easily, T-T-T-T-D-M-W. <laughs> we have a running joke in my office because uh, uh, our boss has acronyms for everything. It's three P's and three R's and, the, and he's got one called PEEP and he's got all kinds. Um, but uh, there's a lot of stuff we're going to cover today. I'll start with a little bit about myself and introduction. That is me in the middle. Uh, at the time when uh, I think it was Hot in Here came out by Nelly, so that is me actually uh, turning white Nelly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not so uh, socially sensitive these days, but uh, at the time it was pretty hilarious. Uh, I am recently engaged uh, to my fiance, Soraya. We're going to get married later this year. She's been a big part of my life, and I love taking photos. I bird watch, I go out to Nashville. Uh, uh, <coughs> out to uh, Tualatin Wildlife Refuge, take my camera, and uh, get away sometimes from all the uh, hectic day-to-day -day stuff. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old uh, boxer, pit bull, sheepdog, something, I don't know. She's hilarious and a pain in my butt, but um, she's a, a big part of my family. I go and uh, play disc golf with the Web4 crew every now and then. Anybody in here play disc golf? All right, all right, cool. Uh, do you know which course this is? Leverage. As you say, it looks like leverage. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have a, a running disc golf round that we do at the last Sunday of every uh, month. We kind of travel around and play disc golf. And you know, it's one of the things that um, can be really great about an agency setting is that uh, there is a lot more camaraderie between people. Uh, there's uh, not necessarily clicks, but there's people who are, are interested and comfortable being around each other outside of the office. And so we make an effort when we can to uh, get together. That might be game night, we might go see a movie, we might go play disc golf, um, and, that, and that helps in, in the agency setting. We'll talk about some of that a little bit later. I also make movies, so when I'm uh, not sleeping, I am not working at Web4, I uh, make short films, I am, uh, uh, I guess you could say I'm a YouTuber. That's uh, you know, there's there's a lot of YouTubers out there, but uh, I I enjoy putting things together. I enjoy uh, teaching people. I enjoy putting content together. And my my personal objective and goals is if I can inspire someone uh, through something I did to take some kind of action to make something of their own, then I've done my job. Uh, so that's something that really uh, motivates me. Uh, There'll be more context to this later. I've uh, put together uh, some commercials for Tesla as part of a contest. I've put together 
Uh, Imagine Dragons music video is part of a contest, and this is going to make more sense why I'm going over this now. Uh, it, it ties in with the concept of being willing to get out of your comfort zone, which is a, a big part of, of uh, growing as, a, as an individual in many different ways. This is part of the Web4 crew. I think this was at, what is this, Search? This rooftop party? One of them. But they have their photo booths, and uh, we'll grab the wigs and uh, furs and whatever else and, and take some ridiculous photos. So, of course, that's me with a microphone and some weird stick thing and the hat and all that stuff. Uh, we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty crazy at, at Web4. We try and keep things light. Uh, so. Where I want to start is the understanding that uh, the path to your future starts with you, and, and that's really very, very true. And um, I'm going to provide some of my own personal experiences to uh, provide some more context into uh, why I feel the way I do about some of these things. And you, know, you might hear your parents say this, or your friends say this, or someone has said this at some point, it takes hard work and determination and all of these things. It's pretty cliche, but it is true. Uh, I wouldn't be where I am today without uh, working very, very hard. Uh, most college students are working very, very hard. They're, you know, there's a part-time job or a full-time job. There could be a parent. You're taking six, eight, 12 credits, whatever uh, the college allows you to take for uh, a quarter. And uh, that's what it takes, though. You know, we're willing to to grind it out and put in the work, put in the effort. Uh, it takes time. So everything that you achieve is gonna require hard work and time. It takes time. Um, millennials get a, a bad rap in, in that um, there's this, this feeling or theme that they gotta have it now, they wanna have it now, they're not willing, willing to work for it or put in the time. And, and you hear that in the agency setting, especially in digital marketing, uh, because more often than not, uh, people who are millennials don't necessarily understand or know what their career path might be. And the, the reality is everyone is working just as hard. They're putting in certain amounts of time on their own, and they're getting to where they want to be their own way, not following the typical, uh, maybe, you know, quote unquote, old school paths. Um, that many people are familiar with. With that, of course, comes energy. And um, energy is a tough one because it's, it's grinding it out after you've already grinded it out. Uh, it's putting in the hard work and time and pushing forward and still uh, having that extra 10% to give. So when I'm, when I'm working at Web4, I might put in a 10-hour day, I might go home, work on a blog post or a podcast, then work on some video stuff. Uh, for multiple reasons, because I want to challenge myself, I want to put in the time, I want to grow a skill set, or I just want to have fun. Uh, commitment, pretty, pretty obvious. Uh, you know, if you're, if you know, I don't know how far along you are at, at Clark College and what phase uh, of your education, but you're you're here and you continue to be committed to your education, and that is uh, extremely important. Very, very important. As I get older, it becomes more apparent how important that is um, because I see other people around me who graduated high school, who had a shot at college, and they decided to drop out, went a different direction. They might go back later, but haven't so far, and that's affecting them now as, 
as individuals and, and growing. Um, so staying committed is, is really, really tough. Uh, even, even when, again, your, your energy's running low, uh, your interest maybe is running low, staying committed and pushing above that threshold is what's gonna get you to that next phase in your career, uh, in your education, whatever that might be, whatever obstacle is facing you. So on the screen here, you're gonna see a career trajectory. And I have three bubbles. How many of you, with a show of hands, believe that this is not legit? So going from food clerk and graduating from clerk to becoming chief operations officer. I would just ask who you know. Yeah, that's a good question. That's not legit, I was asking who you know to get from there to there. So show of hands, how many of you feel like Maybe this is not legit. Okay, yeah. Um, this is my actual trajectory in terms of, of how my career has unfolded. And um, we'll get into roles as well. But I started at Taco Bell in, in 2000. And I put this on here because everyone has that first job, they have that you know, cashier job, they have uh, whatever it might be, server, um, whatever, whatever that is to get you through college. I worked in retail for a good uh, uh, six, seven years with grocery, I guess, uh, between Albertsons and Winco. But I graduated from high school, graduated from Clark, and joined my first agency in 2007, uh, right as I graduated from Clark College. Um, and I continued and earned the second degree at the time. There was a little bit of crossover. And so in 2008, I graduated again. And in 2014, I joined Web4. Now, in terms of roles, this is kind of a nightmare just to look at. But um, what I'm showing here is how much my role has changed over the last um, forever, I don't know, 17, jeez, yeah. 17 years, um, it's, it's changed quite a bit because I started as a food clerk and then started working on the, the register uh, at Taco Bell, then moved to courtesy clerk at a grocery store, then a cashier and floor and so on and so forth. Uh, when I got to my first agency, which at the time was Doug Williams and Associates, I was a link builder and they had a proprietary platform and we did this whole thing that was called reciprocal linking, where you would say, hey, I put a link to your site. You want a link to mine? And uh, these days, nobody does that, and those that do don't really know um, or understand how much things have changed. So I started as a link builder. Uh, then I became developer. Then I was design developer, and then project manager, and then operations manager, and these things unfolded uh, in the way that they did because of the energy, the commitment, all those things I, I mentioned earlier, staying uh, focused on building a uh, career. When I left Doug Williams and Associates, um, they became ITX, I decided to leave and started over in some ways. I started Web4 in 2014 as project manager, 2015 I was operations and um, and then uh, Chief Operations Officer at the end of 2015, but really the beginning of 2016. So 
Um, that, that is quite a switch and change and quite a path, and everyone's path is going to be different. It's possible that this could be true for somebody. It's totally possible. Uh, but I bring this up because this may not even be the longest path there is, but it was a long path to get to where I am today. Um, so in my case, nothing, nothing ever happened overnight. It was years of commitment, energy, and focus uh, to make it happen. So um, I'm a fan of, of uh, throwing up some cheesy quotes from movies because uh, I, I am a movie buff and I watch probably more movies than I should. Uh, so I'm going to run through a few of these because I love these. Some are from books, some are from movies. You can ask me later which ones. Uh, fear is not real. Danger is very real. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Any, any guesses on what movie that was? I don't know what movie it is, but somebody just told it to me on Saturday, so it's like, whoa. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and you can, my, my goal is to not, um, my goal is to open you up to ideas and thought processes and things that might help you along the way because one of the things that was really tough for me as I was building uh, my career is getting out of my comfort zone getting out of the box basically because the box is warm it's comfy there's walls there's a lid I can stay in and we're good um, but getting out of that box is what is what pushes you to the next level um, I I would have uh, never met some of the people that I met had it not been for getting out of the box and um, expanding who I know who I knew and uh, my horizons Jesus, what made you uh, want to get out of the box? Um, there's, there was a, a couple things, to be honest. Uh, there was a couple personal decisions, uh, because I, I grew up in more of a sheltered atmosphere, so I grew up in the box. You know, it was never a thing that, um, you know, I was, something happened and I kind of went back in my shell. I'd always in, been in my shell. And there were just a certain chain of personal events. There was a uh, particular period through college where um, I was in a tough spot. Things were happening financially. Um, I, was, I was trying to get through uh, math here at Clark. And um, I had to do kind of a reset on my whole focus. And that started getting me out of, out of my shell. Um, there's a few other things in here that will, will add to that in a second. Um, this one I think is really important. You will never get what you want by focusing on what you don't have. Because if you spend a ton of energy sitting around thinking about the car you don't have or the, the you know, whatever it is, the house you don't have or the apartment size you don't have or the educational degree you don't have yet, you're wasting time. You're wasting energy. Um, I, I think there's a time and place for everything, but if you were to take all of those seconds and minutes or hours and pack them together, how much could you have accomplished with that energy um, instead of stewing on things you don't have, focusing on things that you can do, the actions you can take now to make that impact. Uh, another fear-based one, everything you want is on the other side of fear. Now, fear is emphasis because um, we we put up our own walls. We are generally afraid of uh, 
judgment, people judging uh, who we are, judging our knowledge level, uh, judging our creative ability. And by the way, uh, show of hands, how many people in here are going to Clark for some kind of design related degree? Okay. Um, now, how about development, coding? Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, so, so coding and programming, in some ways, a very creative, um, it's a very creative skill set as well. A lot of people look at, at design, and uh, a lot of people fear design in that they might be comfortable designing, they might have fun designing, but when you have to design something for a client, that's where fear can set in. And sometimes people get stuck behind that, that wall of fear and don't want to move forward because, again, you're afraid of what someone might say about something you did. And I love what uh, Aaron Draplin uh, said, and I don't, if you don't know who he is, look him up. He's a, a local logo designer. He's, he's fantastic. He's got some uh, great videos on Skillshare. And, uh, he said, just put everything out there, man. He's like, just put it all out there, even if it's garbage. Like, just put it out there. Someone's gonna like your garbage. Like, don't worry about it. Don't stress about it, just keep producing. Someone's gonna like your garbage. And I thought that was great. And I just, you know, of course, started uploading all my garbage up to the, you know, website that I have. Uh, but again, pushing beyond, beyond fears. From a development standpoint, um, especially agency setting, but even, being a developer at one time is always this uh, sense of building something that's sustainable, uh, something that's not going to break, something that's compatible across browsers and devices, uh, especially these days. And uh, there's there's an art form to that and being detailed and being specific and, and precision in development. <clears throat> this is this is a great one. Uh, David, uh, I can't remember his last name, but he was at the Portland Creative Conference. And he's a, a writer from DC Comics. And uh, he mentioned while he was on stage, everybody says to him, you know, they, they talk to him, they're like, wow, this is, so, uh, this is so great that you broke into the industry. He's like, no, 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 I didn't break into the industry. Like, I was a college dropout, I thought I could illustrate, I couldn't, and so I dropped out, and I worked as a server for 10 years, I tried to start my restaurant. And then, you know, at 35, 40 years old, he decided, oh, maybe I'll try and do this again. Met someone, that someone, uh, introduced him to someone else. And all of a sudden, he started writing for DC Comics and he's still doing that today. Um, his path is, is uh, really great. And I think the Portland Creative Conference might have those videos out there. Um, but I love this because he's like, I'm 45 years old. I didn't break into the industry. Like I. I did all kinds of other stuff, and then I just, it just randomly happened. Like I met someone and, and uh, was able to uh, push forward. Now, uh, forgive me because I can't remember if her name was Angelina or Angela, but she was also from the Portland Creative Conference, and she was fantastic. She was talking about being a fashion designer for uh, Nike and Adidas and a wide range of other brands. And she walked through this whole exercise uh, uh, that she went through at one of her companies where she realized she was designing things that she enjoyed designing but was never able to really showcase her talents. There was 
other talents that she had that uh, people weren't seeing. And through this exercise, she, she came to the realization that so many people fear being their true versions of themselves. And we, we get caught up sometimes in career and uh, we're afraid to, you know, maybe, maybe you're a data analyst at a company, but you illustrate your off hours. You write comics, you do things like that. Uh, her whole point was to not hide your true self. In other words, be comfortable in your own skin. Like, don't be afraid to, to just be who uh, you are. I thought that was particularly powerful. Uh, this is great. You don't need the title to be a leader. So in terms of like hard work and commitment, energy, again, all those things I was talking about earlier, uh, you don't need a title to have those things. You don't need a title to be uh, a leader. A uh, leader is much more than chief operations officer. Uh, that's, you know, that's a very corporate title, but there's a lot of things behind it that actually the reasons why I am where I'm I'm at. And it has to do with working together with people, collaboration, understanding, hard work, determination. Uh, this, by the way, is also a title of a book by Mark Sanborn, uh, who has uh, The Fred Factor and uh, a couple others that are, are really great. Uh, this one, it's okay to love many things. Stanley Hainsworth, uh, for creatives, and when I say creatives, I mean designers and devs, the whole ball of wax. Um, he said, stop stressing out about uh, being interested in many different things. If you feel like you're a photographer one day, be a photographer. You want to make a movie tomorrow, go make a movie. Like, don't stress about it. Just get that creative energy out. And don't be afraid of backlash on that or being hyper-concerned about not being focused uh, because sometimes on the creative side, the energy comes in waves. You might be inspired to make a mobile app or you might be inspired to uh, design a magazine or you might be inspired to do something in a wave. But find ways to channel that and uh, don't be stressed out or afraid of changing focuses on a regular basis because that is kind of the uh, entrepreneurial mindset is you're, you're kind of always on to the next thing. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's like always seeing that shiny object in the distance. It's like, oh, Even shiny. Even today it keeps your head working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So taking some of what I've been talking about and, and segueing to how you build, you have a question? Oh, I said something too, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, Networking is, is um, kind of a, an overused term. There's some better terms out there for it uh, because really when you go to these things that are up here on the screen, you're opening yourself up to an opportunity of uh, maybe 60% learning, but 40% meeting people. And that's the very critical thing about uh, finding an agency to work for, finding uh, maybe freelance work and things like that is meeting people. So if you stay in your room or in your office all day and you don't get out and aren't meeting people, you can't be upset if you haven't exp expanded your opportunities because in order to expand opportunities, you need to have people. You need to have that network of people that uh, 
you communicate with and that you're building your uh, rapport with because that will lead to many other opportunities. So a real example of this, I, I was at Clark uh, 2005 and uh, Derek Jesser, who was also a student here, had already been working for an agency for a year. Uh, we got to be friends and a year and a half later he recommended me to Doug Williams and Associates and through my relationship with him I ended up getting the position there and the rest is history. Uh, it's meeting people, even, even in getting clients, uh, going to say SEMPDX, uh, great events that they put on every, every month and uh, you just get to meet people. You get to meet people who are CMOs, you get to meet business owners, and through that you can find people who need work, uh, they need someone on their team, they need an SEO specialist, they need a developer, whatever that might be. And a lot of times people who go to the go to SEMPDX specifically um, have technical needs. Like they, they have stores, they have uh, some kind of app, they have uh, more complex features and things outside the normal five-page website with a contact form kind of thing. Digital Marketing Quarterly is great. Web4 puts that on. It's free. Uh, happens every quarter. You can find it on meetup.com uh, and uh, join the group there. Digital Summit and Engage are great conferences for uh, learning and education. The Portland Creative Conference I recommend to anyone interested in uh, design or uh, film, video, anything that, that uh, is on kind of the creative, creative end of things. Uh, LinkedIn, making real connections. So that ties into, to, again, meeting, meeting new people. And um, it, is, it is so hypercritical to be able to open yourself up to meeting people and increasing your social engagements. It's very easy to go to an event, you saw the talk, just like after this is over, you're probably gonna leave as soon as uh, whatever the last thing is said, you're gonna be gone and out of here. And it's those, I always tell this to my fiance, it's those micro moments that uh, make the difference between a connection or not. And that's, that's really what I'm getting at is, is connection, connecting with people. Because uh, I might meet someone in here today that we might shake hands and talk for a few minutes, and then a year later I might see you again, you're like, oh yeah, you know, we should sit down and talk one day, or, you know, oh, you're doing this thing now, well, let's see how we can help. Uh, so, so, you know, communication and relationships are critical. Just a quick pointers in terms of meeting people. Maintain eye contact, not awkwardly, but maintain eye contact as much as possible. Like, if I were to pull out my phone right now, I'd put it away, but if I were to just stop what I was doing, be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. Cool story, bro. And just look at my phone, you're losing the connection, you're missing an opportunity. And it's tough because we have so many things that, that beep and ding and chime and ring and you know take our attention away, but that's, that's where the real connections are made is when you're shutting down and focusing on those connections. Uh, social media is actually really powerful now. Uh, when I say social media, I don't mean go and copy an article you saw and then retweet it or uh, tweet it out five different times with six different versions of hashtags and, and repurposing the same thing that's already been said. Really with social, again, sounds cliche, but be a part of the conversation. 
like be a part of the community as opposed to dumping info that's already been dumped. So instead of thinking, well, maybe I should post, you know, three times a day for five days a week, which is what we think about in the agency setting, uh, on Twitter, think about taking that time and energy and design something, you know, or code something, or see if you can create an Alexa skill, see if you can develop something that you can then maybe write a short blog post about, put out there, put it on Twitter, and get people interested. I don't know how many times that, uh, you know, I go to a lot of Comic Cons. Anybody go to Comic Cons? Okay, cool. Uh, last one I went to was Wizard World. Uh, but it's interesting because I, I did kind of this sprint of going to a bunch of Comic Cons for a couple of years. And I met, as anyone who goes there, all kinds of actors. But then I follow up, like I'll go on Twitter and they'll be tweeting about it, then I start engaging, and then we're exchanging conversations, and then we're getting involved in other discussions, and things just happen. Uh, Young Lee, who is a uh, YouTuber, he, I kind of tracked his progress, because him and I were uh, kind of starting out at the same level, and he exploded. But uh, he, he was just, a, a, at the time, a kid putting videos up on, on YouTube, and six, seven years later, he's now uh, working on things like uh, The Kingsman, and uh, Jackie Chan films as a previous artist. Uh, no college uh, degree, just YouTube, and applying himself and, and uh, improving every single time. These days it can be a bit difficult for people just starting out because of the whole algorithm thing they got going on with their copyright. Uh, yeah, it's the copyright thing is a nightmare. Yes. Yeah. Especially when you look at some of the many, many big brands, especially a, a easy target is Nintendo, who, uh, you know, you, even if you have the, the coin ding or you got, you know, the, the mushroom sound, like they're going to come after you and, and not necessarily come after you, but start placing ads on your uh, channel and on sidebar and on the video because they own that content and that's their agreement um, from a licensing standpoint. So it can, it can definitely be challenging. I have one video up there that's like, it's only got 30,000, 40,000 views, um, but it, it's funny because... Um, it's, it's probably my oldest and worst thing that I've probably put on YouTube, pretty close, but gets the most uh, views. And you know, part of it is knowing your audience, but that's a different subject. Uh, the one thing I wanted to touch on is, in terms of social media, don't try and spend time posting on Instagram and posting on Facebook and post on Twitter and then post over here and then post over there. Just stop. Like focus down into a small core set of social profiles. So like for me, I kind of got rid of everything and I just focus on Twitter and Facebook and really nobody's on Facebook anymore in terms of what um, I'm using it for. So I mostly use Twitter and uh, LinkedIn. And LinkedIn for professional related things and Twitter for whatever else. Most time, creative work, uh, video, connecting with people. Uh, if you're a photographer, it might be Instagram, might be, um, might be Flickr, might be some other platform. So you have to find what works with you. The biggest thing is be real, and uh, you really have to care. Uh, that's really critical when you are building relationships. You actually have to care. So you can't walk into a conversation and just be like, oh yeah, it's great to meet you. Yeah, you're. This is great, yeah, great conversation and be totally fake about it. Like you actually have to care.
care, you know, about the connection you're making and the conversation you're having. Put your energy into it. Um, when, when I look at hiring in terms of creative, uh, creative people, developers, designers, uh, content writers, whoever that might be, we're always looking for culture fit. And I think you're going to find that in a 5 to 15 person team, more often than not, is someone who gets along with everybody else. Because generally that means you're working in a smaller space and you're going to be spending a lot more time around each other versus a 40 or 50 or 60 person company with many different offices and a big, big floor plan. Um, so we look for culture fit. Uh, we have a uh, policy about uh, not hiring a-holes. So we, we actually interview people and we say that. We're like, yeah, this is a, we have an a-hole policy here. Like, we don't hire jerks. That's not, that's not what we want. If you're, if you're a jerk, then you know, I guess this is over. But we go through a process of phone screening and, and interviewing. But that's, that's another big thing because, again, we, we have an emphasis on culture hiring the right people. So uh, we, we want to make sure that we are uh, controlling that as much as we can and maintaining that. Are there a lot of Asholis out there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, there's, uh, there's a lot of Asholis out there. Uh, and actually, a lot of it has to do with people not uh, understanding the, the impacts they're having and communications because the difference between being confident and being arrogant and arrogant puts you right into that category for us and we we move those people out of the queue um, so knowing knowing how to uh, manage your your confidence is important even if you just produce the best three things of your life you still want to be humble you can still be confident just don't be a jerk about it uh, some practical skills, which um, you know are, are straightforward. I mean, we learn a lot, of, a lot about this stuff in uh, communication classes and whatnot. Uh, eye contact, uh, attention to detail, uh, <clears throat> being able to. This is not taught so much, and I had to learn the hard way. But um, being able to take the criticism and understand that it's when someone says <coughs> my or the design you produced, it's really just not good. Like it's off the mark, it's not where I even thought this was gonna go. Instead of getting back into that box, you say, oh wow, I really thought I, I had this um, laid out pretty well. Where do you think specifically uh, that went wrong? Is it because maybe I used too much neon green or is it, you know, did I, did I do too much black uh, with white? Because sometimes what we find in the agency setting is that they'll say, this is not right, this is not really what we were looking for, and it was because of the text that was in the design. It wasn't even the layout. It was the headline and some content. Yeah, yeah, those, are all, it's always up, those are the opportunities, really, you look for. I mean, you hate it when somebody says, oh, yeah, 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 it's good, it's good, it's good. Because you know they're, they're just, they just want yeah. to mess up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it's some... You're working with people, and um, everyone is different, and communication styles are different. We have the scenarios where you have those meetings, and they're like, yeah, it's okay, yeah. Yeah, wow, that looks pretty neat. That looks good, and then the next day you get 
you know, 600 word email that's like, ah, you know, I just don't think this is one we were looking for. And it's like, uh, okay, well, let's get on the phone and talk this through. And more often than not, it just comes down to communication and understanding and um, really knowing what they're af after, but also knowing what questions to ask. And not just shutting down when someone says, yeah, this just wasn't, it just wasn't good. So often they don't know what the client doesn't know what they want. And mm -hmm. so you're going to have to throw something <laughs> and then push against it. Yep. And even, you may even know it's off. In fact, I, I know designers, they'll purposely put stuff out that they know it's going to hit the mark, hit, be off mark, but they want to get the reaction out of that mm -hmm. uh, of the client. Yeah, it's, it's getting the reaction. Um, it's so... It's funny because there's no cut and dry way to handle these situations. Um, it, it's so different in every case. And the best thing you can do is understand that it's just information. So you don't want to take a criticism as an attack. And we do that very, very often. I still do it today. Like it just it happens because we're humans. We want to defend what we're doing. But the reality is if you think about it unemotionally, it's just information. Okay, I produced X, and they said Y. Okay, now I'm gonna ask some follow-up questions to clarify and figure out where we need to go. Um, so understanding how to deal with tough situations is a key component to being successful. It's, uh, it's a difference between falling, it's also the difference between falling into that um, a-hole category or not. It's uh, having grace even under pressure. Uh, that ability to to move forward even when you're getting grilled or in a really tough spot because it's going to happen it happens to everybody um, in terms of some software and tools things that we use um, anybody here interested in digital marketing as in like search engine optimization um, uh, google bot and how it crawls your site things like that uh, a little bit okay we need to be aware of it yeah, especially for developers and designers, everyone needs to be aware of it. Um, anyone who's producing a website especially needs to be aware of SEO because uh, when you work in a setting where people provide SEO services, they're gonna wanna make sure that site is built to uh, specifications so that a SEO technician can get in and edit things, modify, change elements, drop in title tags, things like that. Uh, Screaming Frog is a great, great, great tool. Anybody here know what Screaming Frog is? No. Uh, free tool, you can download it, crawls up to 500 pages on the free version or you can pay a one-time fee for a license. Uh, but what's great about it is if you get a freelance job or you get a gig and it's like, yeah, we want you to redo our website. I always start with Screaming Frog. I go in. I drop in web4.com, it scans the whole site, I export it to an Excel sheet, I upload it to Google Drive and play with it from there. What that does is it just grabs all the pages or all the URLs on the site so you can kind of keep track of how much uh, work it's going to take, how much effort it's going to take. It's also handy in the estimating process. Again, so if you are freelancing or even if you're needing to provide someone an estimate um, in a different setting. Understanding how much is on the site is a key component to providing a uh, quality estimate. MindMeister is great for sitemaps. Sitemaps is something we put together all the time. In our 
uh, company, we focus on um, laying out strategy, creating a content plan, uh, taking that to design, and then taking it to build phase, then release phase. So in the content development phase, we use a sitemap tool, and Screaming Frog, we take all the URLs, we figure out how we're gonna map out the site, start going through some UX uh, related tasks to figure out how the sitemap, sitemap might have to change uh, to better meet the user's needs. So great tool. Uh, SEMrush is great for keyword research. Anyone who wants to do um, some keyword research should use SEMrush. There is a cap after so many searches, but there are other tools. What, what you say? What kind of searches? Are keyword research. So if you want to rank your personal site for graphic design Vancouver, you would put this into the box here and find out how many people search for that. The tool might say only 10 people search for that. Okay, probably not. Probably not the phrase you really want to go for. Um, so it's handy for things like that. We use it all the time. Uh, there's other tools you can do that as well. Uh, Moz has a tool that you can do that. Moz Local is great for citations and understanding how someone's listed. If I were to, uh, let's say, pull a, which I should have done it, but uh, if I were to put a company in here and look up their primary address and plug this in, probably tell me they got all kinds of uh, inconsistencies. One of the things we don't necessarily realize is Google crawls a lot of big directories, a lot of the big third-party sites to collect location data, to correlate everything together. So if it's looking at all these different uh, third parties and sees that, well, Cloud College has an address here, and then there's this building that shares the same suite number, and then there's this place that shares this other thing, that's gonna create an issue. There's gonna be a ranking challenge with that because uh, you might not show up in local results because there's too many conflicts in how you're appearing in other directories. So Mozilla was a great tool for that. Um, if you wanna know how many links are pointing at your site and where they're coming from and the quality of those, Ahrefs is great. Um, Open Site Explorer is another great one. And uh, Majestic, Majestic SEO is another link tool. Links are a huge component to search. Um, that's like getting upvotes and likes. The more likes you have, more popular you are, and that's how basically links equate. Um, if you're Jane Doe and you like something versus um, Tom Cruise liking something, well, Tom Cruise's like gets more weight, and that's similar to links. If you have a, a government site that's linking to a another site, there's a lot of value there. Um, Trello, I assume many people are familiar with. Trello, great card-based task management system, assigning, sharing boards, and all those things. For designers, there's a lot of things that are out there that um, you can use. I know that from an agency setting standpoint, Envision and Sketch are uh, becoming the standard. Envision is a great tool to integrate with Sketch and uh, upload your comps uh, dynamically into Envision. And what Envision allows you to do is have your comps inside of the framework and you can create buttons and links to things. So say you got a big design project and you've got 14 comps that you're creating. 
Well, through Envision, you can link them all together and make it feel like an interactive site without it actually being a developed site. Um, you can make dynamic changes, or you can make changes inside your SketchConf and uh, load changes right to Envision from Sketch. So there's a great integration there. Um, I'm not as familiar with Sketch. I have played with it because I come from the Adobe Creative Cloud days, which uh, many, many people still use Creative Cloud because it's a great set of tools. Uh, the, it's interesting to see how, how design is, is changing and how um, the tools we're using are changing. Uh, some people use Affinity on an iPad for photographs and posters and things like that. Um, many people are using Sketch and Illustrator, and Illustrator for vector shapes and uh, Photoshop for you know, raster images. So yeah, Creative Cloud, um, I'm sure most of you are familiar with Creative Cloud. Adobe Comp, anybody use Adobe Comp? Adobe Comp's pretty cool. So um, I use this on my iPad, and um, it's a great mobile app for creating layouts, wireframes, basically Dropbox, creates a box where you drag it around, you can easily drop in images, and so it's a kind of a nice, fast way to prototype um, by drawing things out on the screen. Is this comparable to Adobe XD, the wireframing tool, or is it like, does it replace them? Um, it doesn't replace it. Uh, XD is, is uh, newer software that they released. Adobe Comp's a little bit older, um, but uh, also Comp is only on mobile devices. So um, I don't know if XD is on mobile devices or not, but I know it's a desktop app. So that thing's handy when it comes to mobile design. Mm -hmm. um, in terms, in terms of, of development, and even for designers, really anybody who's working in an agency, obviously HTML, CSS is a must. Uh, PHP at my agency is, is a must. PHP knowledge is going to uh, take you uh, much further being able to modify things. We primarily work in WordPress, uh, but we have worked in uh, Joomla and Drupal. I've worked in .NET Nuke and uh, a lot of different platforms throughout my career. Um, we use Coda and Sublime. Um, you can also use, when I was here at Clark, uh, way back in the day, we were using Front Page, which is uh, awesome. And uh, uh, we were also using WinSCP. People still use that. And uh, FileZilla, of course. Um, we still use that as well, depending on what we're, we're doing. Uh, you might be familiar with using WinSCP. Uh, and FileZilla, you might have used uh, Notepad++. Notepad++ is great. Um, inspect element. So in Chrome, uh, you probably know also in Safari, in most browsers these days, you can inspect element. However, in Chrome, maybe in a couple other browsers too. Uh, don't forget the little, you can't really see it on here, but um, underneath, or to the left of the elements up there in the top right, there's a little phone icon. You click that, and the browser will render the site in a mobile format. So you pick uh, from a uh, drop-down menu that's just above the Web4 logo. You can't really read it there, but it says uh, iPhone 6. You can change that. You can change portrait and landscape, refresh the page, and it'll render as best as it can. So we use that quite a bit for testing. Uh, I mentioned, I think I already mentioned WordPress, but um, knowing WordPress is going to be huge. I know 
Uh, most of the major firms here in Vancouver are using WordPress for a lot of their development. Uh, some are, are using Joomla and whatnot, it's probably based on the circumstance, but uh, Web4 is WordPress-based, Gravitate is WordPress-based, uh, Gravitate Gravitate has created their own custom theme, so they they like to uh, sell the idea that it's uh, WordPress powered by Gravitate, and that's that's kind of one of their primary uh, pitches. But WordPress is a great platform. Many moons ago, it wasn't nearly as uh, capable as it is now. So we do a lot of uh, work with uh, ACF, um, Advanced Custom Fields, and. Uh, create plugins and things like that, make modifications uh, while maintaining the integrity of uh, core. Yeah, that's, that's the critical thing. I, I found I worked with WordPress in the past and we had these beautiful sites, but they were terrified to upgrade because they knew everything would break. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it became a security mess. Yep. And, and that's the tough thing with any CMS really is that, especially when ma they jump major versions, we have uh, about 50 clients on one of our servers that are too outdated and we need to upgrade them. And we have the same fears as everyone else, you know, because clicking that update button is, uh, you, need, you need to take some steps before you do that. Back up the website, back up the database, then try and upgrade it and see what broke and then try and fix it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's come a long way. Unfortunately, that's why, that's why we need developers. That's why we need people on, on teams to help us through those challenges. Um, in terms of marketing yourself and building your own uh, persona, again, um, just to, to summarize here, be yourself, be authentic. Use things like Buffer and Hootsuite to help you post social, um, social posts to your profiles. I only say that because sometimes you'll be up at 1 a.m. in the morning and you'll think of these five things that you might want to say on social, or maybe you finish this, you know, art piece at 3 a.m. Well, maybe throw it into Buffer, set a schedule in there, and let Buffer kind of push it out at a time when most people are going to be awake and see it. Because I, I forget what the statistic was, but a tweet on, on uh, Twitter only lasts a certain number of seconds or less than a minute. I can't remember what the stat was, but... Uh, you know, if you post something at 3 a.m. and you want people to see it, it's not gonna, not gonna have people see it. It is really, really vital to know when you get the most views wherever you're posting stuff because that's where you want to capitalize it. Yeah. And they have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of monitoring and analytics and stuff like that. You can just actually check where your, mm -hmm. your audience base is for you mm -hmm. at what times. Yeah. Do you do you use Twitter? Right I now? don't. Um, I need to set up uh, one for myself for professionally mm -hmm. is probably what I would use it most for because I still hang out with most of my friends and everything on things like Facebook right. and other places just because that's where I know where people are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, one of the things that they often talk about to start off is to post things within the time, time frame of uh, East Coast because of the, the greater numbers of population and whatnot on, on that side of the country uh, posting. You know, at, uh, if the hot time is 6 p.m., posting at 3 p.m. here uh, on the West Coast to maximize the effectiveness of that. Uh, but again, you know, it's one of those things that um, social media can also be very irritating. So it's also why, you know, I, I say keep the profiles down, try and keep it focused as much as you can because uh, there's a lot of noise in um, 
social media posts. I think one of the things that has uh, really helped me is, again, being, being authentic and creating connections, um, but also having a, a website and being able to refer people to it because you don't want to be stuck in a position where uh, someone asks, well, hey, what, what have you developed? Oh, well, I've done some really great things. Yeah, I've done this and this. Okay, well, you know, do you think you can send us a sample or can we, can we see it or do you have a screenshot or maybe a clip? Oh, no, not, not really. Uh, and then, then you're up until 2 a.m. in the morning trying to put it together so they can have it the next morning. Yeah, I've done that many times. That's called homework. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so having a basic site, um, even if you're not tech savvy, there are a lot of different hosting solutions that allow you to uh, one-click install WordPress and things like that. Not that it's the best solution, but it is a solution. It's a way to get your content up. So um, I think I'm going to skip over this slide because um, I want to get to this point, which is not hiding behind a corporate mask. Again, being, being real, being yourself. Um, and then something that's really, really helped me in terms of getting past those, those fear barriers. Uh, and of course, you step out right at the time when uh, it would have made the most sense to be here. But <laughs> <laughs> he's got it on video, so we're good. Um, yeah, right. So this really changed my perspective. And I don't know if I, I think I read this probably somewhere. Uh, which is, you may never see these people again. So while I'm in here in this room right now, I don't know how many of you I'll ever see again. And we might all live in the same town. For all I know, you live down the street from me. I have no idea. But even if you make a complete uh, ass out of yourself, it's okay because you may never see these people again and, and you have the opportunity. You know, um, that's, that's something that's really helped me at, at networking events specifically. I go to a conference or I go to some kind of engagement and before I walk in, I'm literally in my car telling myself, doesn't matter, I'm probably, I mean, I'm gonna have fun, gonna take in information and probably never see most of these people again, but hopefully they get something for me worthwhile and, and that's that. And that, for me, relieved a lot of, a lot of anxiety and, and pressures. Uh, understanding it's okay to screw up. Like it's not. I don't know how many times like I've, I've bumped into somebody. I spilled a beer on somebody one time. Uh, I dropped a glass of something on someone's shoe. Like you know things, things happened. But I don't even know who they were at this point. And we laughed about it. And I made an ass of myself. And that was it. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Like with, if you are the kind of person that uh, struggles maybe to kind of just randomly get up and start meeting people in a room that understand that probably most everyone else feels as awkward as you do and that at the same time you might not ever see these people again but if you do you could be making that one connection that makes the whole difference. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that. Um, just because uh, you, you get into that mindset, it's like, hey, you know, 
might never see these people again, it's fine. It doesn't mean you can be a jerk, right? Don't be a jerk. It's just, again, being, being uh, professional and uh, being real with people and connecting without being a jerk is, is key and understanding that you know, uh, people, people have the same fears you do. Um, and I, I mentioned this earlier, you know, don't fear what, what might happen um, in small portions of time. I'm here right now, and I see a couple of people have passed out every now and then, and, and, and a lot of people might get awkward about that. You know, they might uh, feel uncomfortable about that, but it's like, it's, it's understanding people. It's understanding that in certain moments in time, some people are gonna get more out of one aspect or another, or one portion of a con uh, conversation or another. So uh, to kind of wrap up, it's not easy, again, thinking about those circles I had on my screen. It's been a long road to get to where I am, and uh, who knows where I'll be in the future. Uh, maybe VP of an agency one day, maybe president, maybe start my own. Who knows? My path isn't over, and I think that's something to remember is that you could be an app developer now, you could be a print developer now, or a designer now, you could be a web designer right now, but that might not be what you always be. It might change and shift over time. Uh, find creative focus. So this is something, out of all the things I said about, oh, it's okay, do a bunch of different things. One thing that can help, depending on where you're at in your career, is slimming down your creative focuses a little bit. Uh, there, there does, reach a time where you can't be a COO and a logo designer and a graphic designer and a print designer and a web designer and a video guy and a, like at some point you have to bring that down. And the reason for that is, it's not that you can't dabble, it's that do you wanna be a jack of all trades and master of none or do you wanna get really, really masterful at a very small subset of things? So just something to keep in mind. Um, again, work hard, contribute to the world. You know, get your voice out there, get your Alexa skill out there, get your app out there, whatever it might be that you're working on. Maybe you have a unique style and flavor and, and uh, creative work and design. Get that out there and show it off because you're probably the only one who, who has that style. You know, it's, it's you. Um, do you have a question? Okay. Um, so, a couple, couple people to follow on the digital marketing SEO side. Rand Fishkin is great, Whiteboard Fridays. He's kind of the main figurehead in SEO. He's worked for Moz, he started Moz, and um, he's been with Moz for something like 20 years. Uh, Dennis Yu is another content marketer, social media marketer. Will Reynolds is just great from uh, office management, operations to uh, content marketing and strategy. Ian Lurie is great for search engine optimization. And Ollie Gardner is something that I haven't touched on, but uh, for people both in development and design, uh, understand the importance of conversion rate optimization because that is a growing area of interest in the agency setting. Um, understanding that what you are creating what you are creating is never going to stay the same. It should never stay the same. If you launch a site in 
six months from now, you design, dev, all these things, uh, that's, that should change probably two months later, three months later, a month later, depending on the analytics and whatnot because uh, the hot terms in the agency world is CRO and, and optimizing sites for conversions. Getting people in, getting them through the funnel, getting, getting the contact, and moving on. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, on the creative side, anyone who's interested in video, Andrew Kramer's great for uh, his tutorials in After Effects. Uh, he's, he worked on uh, Star Trek credits and a number of other things. Star Wars. Did the he, did start, he, he did the lightsaber. He has the lightsaber thing for Yep, he's got lightsaber tutorials. Yeah, and no, this guy right here. Worked on Star Wars. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Who won't say his name? <laughs> <laughs> there was a gentleman at Portland Creative Conference, and I, I can't remember his name. He worked on uh, Star Wars and uh, practical effects and whatnot, and the thing, and all kinds of stuff. It was fun to listen to uh, go through all. All the processes there. Wyden and Kennedy, of course, from an agency standpoint. Um, Aaron Draplin, I mentioned earlier. Kim Adams, producer for, uh, was a producer for Pixar, Disney. Um, now works in VR, which is a whole new cool. world. Fantastic and blue, or however that song goes. Um, follow me for creative stuff. Educational tools, you probably know about a lot of these. Uh, Linda, Skillshare, Treehouse, conferences, of course, YouTube. There's just tons of stuff on YouTube. Uh, that you could just get by Googling. Uh, YouTube's the second largest search engine in the world. So there's there's tons of information. YouTube's where I learned half my crap. <laughs> yeah. The other yeah. half of it I come to this guy for. <laughs> yeah. Back in my coding days, it was, uh, uh, what is it called? W3C Schools? Yep. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. And php.net, I believe, was the other site um, that, that had a directory of functions and all this stuff. So, yeah. So it's a good old days of that discipline for me. Um, anyway, if you want to connect with me, there's ways to do that. I'll post this uh, presentation online as well and send the link out. And um, Bruce already has a, a copy of it too that he can send out. Please feel free to reach out. I do respond to pretty much everything I, I get. So if you have a question, you have a thought, you want to share something creative that you have or something that you're working on, let me know. I might be able to get feedback or connect you with someone who might be able to help you out. So, that's it.